This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello, chickens! Welcome to Theories! Sorry. Uh, hello, chickens. It's the fabulous Edit Richard. Uh, I have a theory, and it's about Trial of a Time Lord, Part 8. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's a huge episode, this one. A lot happens. Uh, Well, nothing happens, but a lot happens. Um, (laughs) So we start off with the the massacre again. Um, And the Inquisitor thought it was gratuitous uh, in the trial, uh, which is kind of... Harking back to um, Mary Whitehouse, the uh, the woman who kind of put the the brakes on Doctor Who, showing so much uh, violence and horror uh, back in the seventies, uh, she was very very vocal against the show. She was kind of a one woman Twitter um, back in the seventies. She was always complaining about what was on television and that children might see it and be horrified by it. And Doctor Who was trying to grow with its audience, essentially. Like it had been on for what, twelve years or thirteen years by the time she started to crack it. All the, you know, ten year olds who'd watched it back in the sixties were now in their twenties, uh, and enjoying the new adult show, but Mary Whitehouse decided that it needed to be for children. Um, and, you know, she was right to an extent. It should be a family show and it should go through cyclical uh, change um, so that new kids can discover it and and love it. Uh, anyway, you know, she just complained about it being too violent. Um, 
and the word gratuitous was often used. So this is kind of feels like a callback to real world events. Um, so after all of uh, the kind of satirical bent of Ikanos uh, being a king and being born to rule and how that is, uh, you know, not doesn't really mean anything. Uh, now he's being touted as an effective and inspiring leader, which I think undercuts any of the previous sort of arguments, which so that I, I didn't enjoy. And But look, maybe it's because they've cast Brian Blessed. Because um, this episode, it feels like there, it has... So the previous three feel, felt like they were all part of one story. This one feels like it is... It is part of an, another story altogether. Like there is, uh, the 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 guy, the you know, the mentor, whatever they're called, the fish man, um, who is in the little pool that constantly complains about uh, the shouting. Marunic! Um, and I feel like this character was entirely created after Brian Blessed was cast because it's like, oh, he's going to be shouting the entire time because that's what Brian Blessed does. So let's have a character who constantly refers to the shouting. So that was very, very fascinating. Um, I love Brian Blessed's made-up swear words because uh, <laughs> he says something ludicrous like, Hello, Japan! Um, the doctor's like, oh, there'll be enough of that language. It's like, he didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, by the way, I loved the uh, lascivious way that Crozier was eyeing up the doctor's big head. Um, as if, oh, he's going to be, the brain's going to be transplanted. And then, like, one scene later, it's like, oh, yeah, nah, the doctor's head's no good. And neither is... um the other guy that they've got in there. Like, which seems like a, a weird... And then he's sent off for, for other processing. Uh, it's a very, very weird, like, confluence of moments. I don't really... I, I feel like this episode is has had a lot of cooks and there's not enough broth. Um, uh, do you smell fish? And the I'm trying to get an important fish concession. Very, very funny. Uh, and I also didn't... I wasn't sure whether... Uh, this the writer was trying to get a an idea about nature versus nurture in because it's like well you know we put the brain in this body of a fisherman and then constantly there's references to fish and so it's like well you know how much of how much of our instinct and our desires and our behaviors are hardwired into us physically as opposed to purely mental um, decisions that we make, and you know that's, you know, there's there's an argument for for nature versus nurture. There's an argument for genetics, memory, race memory, as opposed to uh, just you know what you've learned from as a child. Um, but yeah, there's it's a bit muddied. Um, also, it could just be a hilarious joke. Uh, I mean, it's not hilarious; it's a joke. Uh, it, Look, I laughed at it. Um, <laughs> uh, he is dwarf, you are scum. Uh, <laughs> I could seriously quote Brian Blessed for, for days on end. Um, shaving off Perry's hair was... I mean, I know it's a plastic skull cap, but it feels rude. It feels like her hair has reached an aesthetic pinnacle and then it is removed. Like, I don't know what that says in the, you know... <laughs> about this show. I mean, still constantly referring to her as repulsive is is very funny. Um oh my god, when the when they break the 
the implants, which is like a weird kind of nothing scene. And then suddenly everyone is dancing in the hallways like they're at the worst 80s rave you've ever been to, all wearing odd handicrafts that they've bought at a strange fate. Um, it, it is... A, it is kind of funny. Like, it's it's a terrible rave. Uh, and then the Doctor gets sucked out of the story and dragged back to the trial. And weirdly, all of the exposition then is done by the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor saying, we had to do this and we had to do that. Like, the Valyard is nowhere to be seen. I don't know if Michael Jason was off having a fag break and so they just left her with all the dialogue. Um, but yeah, it's a very... It's a very strange moment, I guess, to kind of give it more gravitas in that, you know, these decisions were made by the High Council and she is their representative. Um, And it's weird that she takes over the trial. Uh, And that Crozier's invention of immortality uh, and his, you know, basically doing something that the Time Lords have kind of been the only ones who've been able to do. Um, So, yeah, then they... They point Ikanos at the... It's it's weird. I can't really work out what's going on. It's too strange. Um, I like that Nic- Nicola Bryant gets to use her normal accent finally uh, <laughs> instead of doing Perry's American accent. Um, and then Ikanos blows everything up. Uh, and the final scene in this, like I know it's kind of like we've come to the end of Mind Warp. It is... Mind Warp is this... This ending is very unsatisfying. Now, I know all of this was done because it's part of the ongoing trial narrative, but the internal narrative of the four episodes feels unfinished and un- undone um, because of what's happened. And I know we'll probably, we may get answers to it. Uh, obviously, there's something going on with The Matrix. The Matrix doesn't lie, um, but it's clearly lying. Uh but yeah, also we the sting. Like we had all this set up with the sting in the tail of the replacement Kiv, and then we get none of it. And I feel like putting the brain into Perry has wiped out a strain of storyline that was meant to happen with that sting. And I feel like the trial now is actually harming the the main story. Um, I think Mind Warp probably would have been, you know, stupid, but far more satisfying if we'd had the ending that was probably intended uh, the first time. Unless this was always like this and all these things were going to come up and then be undone. But, you know, there's so many things that feel like they've been fixed for reasons beyond why they were there. Anyway... The final moment, Colin Baker has to jump through about six emotional hoops in a sentence. He has to deal with the death of Perry uh, and the co-option, you know, her brain being co-opted by Sill's boss. Uh, And then he has to be furious about being taken out of time. And then he has to want to know what's going on. And all of that is in a sentence. And he does all of it. Like, it is... Like, it's implausible. It makes no sense. But he... He does it anyway, and it is it is a great little performance, and it really does make me go, yeah, what exactly happened there? But from memory, I don't think we get any answers in the next episode. Anyway, that'll be next week. Tomorrow, your thoughts and feelings and theories about what is going on uh, in Mind Warp, episodes five to eight of Trial of a Time Lord. 
I am bewildered by this particular one. The first three I really, I was enjoying. I mean, there was a lot of running around getting caught and escaping, but anyway, I'll talk more about that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.